0: The Columbus Dispatch series Unmasked looks at the connections between firefighters diagnosed with cancer and exposure to carcinogens released during and after a fire. As part of the series, we're presenting podcasts featuring firefighters and the people around them. In this podcast, reporter Mike Wagner talks with volunteer firefighters in the northwestern Ohio city of Kaleida about the changes their small department made after learning of the cancer risk associated with fighting fires. There are more volunteer firefighters in Ohio than full-time
1: firefighters. They are the men and women who rush from the factory floor, bank office, or some other local job to help protect their community from fire without any pay or recognition. They often don't have the best equipment or newest engines or ladder trucks, and some of their little firehouses don't even have a shower. This is the case for Collada, Ohio Volunteer Fire Department, which sits in a tiny northwest Ohio town of 1,500 folks and has 35 volunteer firefighters. The dispatch visited the Collada Fire Station this past summer and talked with three volunteer firefighters and their chief, Dale Schulte, who best described his town this way.
2: You know, Kaleida is a uh, small, primarily agricultural community. Um, I think your population is right around 1, a thousand, close to a thousand. Um, everybody knows each other. You know, everybody knows each other's business sometimes it's too much, sometimes. But you know, we're all. You know, we look out for our neighbors. Do you know? Do the right thing, type of thing. So, in fire department, we are volunteer fire department. Uh, Thirty-four members right now. Um, We cover 79 square miles, um, as far as our fire district goes, Um, and that could be anything from, you know, downtown fires here to rural, you know, farming-type issues.
1: But it's in Kaleida and thousands and thousands of other small towns where volunteer firefighters face an even greater risk of contracting some form of cancer at a fire scene. Many have never heard of the cancer scare, or at least didn't pay attention to it and did little or nothing to protect themselves, some having cleaned their gear or helmets for more than a decade. In Kaleida, Schulte, the fire chief, says the guys used to go from the summer barbecue to a fire and back to the barbecue, barely taking time to wash their hands. So the chemicals left on their body or gear wasn't just a threat to them, but their families as well. And for many of the firefighters, that is their real fear when talking about the cancer risk. Schulte shares his own story of wishing he had done more to protect himself.
2: You know, it's, it's, it's anything, you know, I can remember one Christmas Eve, you know, we sitting around opening presents at mom and dad's and, uh, Pedro goes off for a house fire, you know, so we all get in the truck and go, go to the house fire, you know, do what we need to do. And I can remember going back to mom and dad's with, you know, a white dress shirt that was black from my, you know, up here, you know, you didn't think nothing of it. Everybody's like, wow, you got dirty. That's cool. You know, well, you, you didn't think nothing of it. You just did it. I mean, it's. Um, you know, back in the day, you know, you'd have house fire, everybody would bring food out there, you'd stop firefighting, you know, go get something to eat, and then when you're done eating, you go right back to, right back to what you were doing, you know, and now we realize that maybe ain't such a good idea.
1: It wasn't until summer of 2015 when Columbus firefighter Mark Ryan came to Kaleida and warned the entire volunteer department that they were doing it all wrong and were at risk Ryan, a father of five children battling stage four cancer, is the guy who started the movement to get guys to protect themselves from the cancer risk. Ryan's talk even had a big impact on firefighters he calls old heads, or firefighters like Joel Rampey and Joel S- Selhorst, who didn't know much about the cancer threat.
3: We knew that the movement was starting, right. well, so we never. brought him in here, and uh, after he was in here, everybody was like, wow.
4: And... Mm-hmm. Very impressive dynamic speaker. When he talked to you, it's just like it was me. You know, that was what you felt like. That's what I felt like from when he when he would talk. I could relate to some of his issues. It really changed me. It's like, if we once you know about it and you don't do something about it, shame on you.
1: No one in the town forum made a sound during Ryan's talk. They sat stunned for about 90 minutes and no one complained about having to come in on an off night or found it to be another boring presentation. Ryan's words and personal story were so powerful that it inspired fi- firefighters like Bob Underforth to get a cancer screening and the results were life-saving.
5: My recollection: never saw anybody looking at their watch. If you're doing a lot of seminars. Uh, he had the audience captivated. So from there uh, actually a year later or, or the following spring or whatever it was county fire school we got the guy back again same kind of thing, more more groups same kinds of people room was it was like the, the pre-training era of of that day so first hour mark was there then everybody went to their classroom again this is the whole kind of, the room was quiet it was incredibly
1: quiet the day after ryan left Collider Department started making changes to potentially save their own lives. It started with keeping wipes in their fire trucks and snowballed from there, according to Chief Schulte, who didn't have to do much convincing within his department.
2: The last fire we had, you know, we, you know, they, some of the wives had brought out food out to the fire that we were at, and, which was common practice for years, and no, nobody really ate it. Nobody ate because it you know, just because they didn't want to. So we packed it all up, brought it back here, and they had it all set up here when we got back. And I can remember some of our kids were up here because, you know, the flies had brought their kids, you know, the kids up. And and I can remember um, who actually it was uh, Bob's son-in-law, um, one of his Bob's grandkids came up to ran up, Daddy, Daddy, and he's like, No, 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 not now. Dad's dirty, you can't I can't I can't hold you right now. I gotta clean up first. And then is when I knew we turned the corner. You know, we turned the corner. Now now we're living You know, we're not just, well, the stuff's here. You know, we're, we're living now when you push your own kids away to say, let me clean up first.
1: Now the rows of helmets and boots hanging in the collida fire station are mainly clean. Their dirty gear isn't thrown in the back of a pickup truck. They even preach to other firefighters at fire scenes that they need to protect themselves from the cancer risk. But there's more work to be done in Kaleida. The firehouse was built in 1962 and it doesn't even have showers for firefighters. And that's the case with thousands of other old volunteer firehouses around the nation. There is simply no money to pay tens of thousands to install showers or other updates in these old buildings.
4: To change, like the showers in the station, to get, we have no showers in the station here. To change that, you know, we talked about the budget earlier, you know, to put showers in this station and you got to go through state and get all the permits and get all that stuff the cost of that it will take years you know it will take years 10 years five years 15 i don't know but i know that that stuff takes a lot of time you know and and the trustees they'll work with you they want you to have what you need but it comes down to money you know it's just you know
3: I mean, instead of doing one chicken barbecue to raise right. the funds, it would be years yeah. of chicken barbecues to save up enough
1: money to get that. A lot of firefighters can't wait for years for such fundraising dinners. They need all the help they can get now. And some firefighters there, long before Mark Ryan arrived, had already dealt with cancer that they believe is related to their occupation. One of those is Joe Rampy, who admits he didn't clean his helmet for years because it made him look tough. And he's had cancerous spots removed from his body.
3: I have, I'm 36, I'll be coming up in 37 here. I've had two spots taken off one on my face, one on my back. The back they dug a little deeper, and it uh, did come back as precancerous, but they got it all out. They said they got it all dug out of there. Um, and I know of at least four other guys in the department. Mm-hmm. At least. My father was the one. Uh, Who has what? I mean, not. I mean, you know four other guys in the department. That have had spots taken out, spots uh, cut off, or have had uh, precancerous or uh, skin spots cut out or taken care of. Bob
1: Unverfirth, like Rampy, has had his own cancer problems and credits Mark Ryan for potentially help saving his own life.
5: And myself, I had a spot, spot here on my face, uh, little red spot for about a year. Uh, Mark seminar probably drove me to go to a skin specialist and get it checked. Uh, I'm glad I did. Uh, um, I had it taken care of in January. I had, the, I should say, I had the appointment in January. I had it taken off in February, and I go back for a final review uh, at the end of this month. And mine was also precancerous. It's a good thing we did. So Wouldn't have his seminar, I probably wouldn't have got it checked.
1: Collada firefighters understand the inherent risks of their jobs. They don't blame anyone for the cancer risks they face, but they're frustrated with the chemical industry and others who could do more to protect the public and firefighters.
5: Synthetics probably came in the 90s when we went to state right. fire school. They were teaching us that stuff already, that, uh, that you had to wear your packs in uh, during overhaul because the stuff was still there. You know. But how far did it catch on from there? I mean, we knew stuff was there, and new stuff was, they called methyl, methyl bad stuff. Right. And, and they said, there's a reason those tags were on that furniture. It's synthetic stuff. And you're going into stuff, it's it's not black smoke anymore. It's real bad stuff, it, the it's chemicals in the air. The heat transforms forms a lot of that stuff into cyanide.
4: One issue we have is we're stumbling over this because somebody got hurt, you know, because these chemicals are there and there's somebody that put those chemicals in that in that upholstery or in them, whatever is in that house, whether it's in the carpet, whether it's in the furniture, those folks ain't gonna come forward and say, look, you know, if this stuff gets heated up to a certain temperature, you're, you're getting yourself into a, a hazardous, um, area you know this and that's what's sad about America is those kind of things should be you know we've, have, we've got legislation we've got rules and regulations for everything but when it comes down to protecting our firefighters and our first responders there's a lot of things don't happen because somebody's afraid of well, I might lose my job or this might not work or whatever that may be I don't know they know it's out there it's like one, uh, uh, one instructor told us one time about, Do you ever walk past a new car um, uh, place and you see the film on the windshields of the cars and you know the chances of that thing being smoked in is very little. He said at that time he told us it was the chemicals, off fuming, that was in the interior. That's what that film is on the windows. I don't know if it's hidden on purpose, or they don't want to talk about it or whatever, but I believe that we need to get down to the bottom of this and find out exactly what's out there, and I'm sure there's people in, in America that can do this. we got some pretty smart people in this country that can say, look, could put it on a scale, say the average home at this kind of temperature, you need to start watching for this. And this is how you remove this out of your gear. This is the best way to break it down. Is it a wash machine for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour? Those are the kind of things that we need help in to help curve some of these issues and I think in the end you'll see a lot of problems health problems go away if we can get some of these other people to step forward and give us some of this information that we need to uh, manage it because we can't manage something if we don't know how to do it or what we're up against. And that's been a lot that's been a problem for many years, I believe.
1: During a fire, synthetic materials like foam cushions, plastic toys, and curtains made with fire retardant materials give off so many carcinogens that complete scientific tests are hard to come by. But for Bob Underfirth, he sees the very thing that saves some lives in fact are killing his fellow firefighters.
5: <laughs> the process of making materials fire retardant the chemicals they put in there, when they're superheated, turn into carcinogens. So they're really not helping us if we have to go in with the fire. We, we know that now. fire-retardant chemicals they use that everybody thinks is going to help us is killing us.
0: You have been listening to one of a series of podcasts from the Columbus Dispatch, in which firefighters and the people around them tell their own stories in their own words. You can find more podcasts, along with stories, videos, and interactive graphics, online at dispatch.com unmasked. This podcast was produced by Doral Chenoweth, with the assistance of reporter Mike Wagner and web producer Patrick Flaherty. I'm Mike Meckler. The Columbus Dispatch is a gatehouse newspaper. For information on how to subscribe to our award-winning print and digital content, please visit Dispatch.com.